Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. They wanted a two-for-one. They do get the two-for-one, but no points. Oh, wow. Oh, hello! It's Luka Staten Island! He shoots it and hits it! Stop it! Stop it! <laughs> that was the call on Bally, Luca, and Kyrie. Do it to the Nets. Good morning, Metroplex. Sean, RJ, and Bobby live from Radio Row in Vegas. Brought to you by Lilo T Center, Best Buy Window and Siding, and A Number One Air, the hot seat for all of our guests. Luca with 35, 18, and 9. Kyrie with 36 in his return to Brooklyn after all the different controversy uh, that blew up the Nets and their dream team. Yeah, uh, definitely blew up the Nets and the dream team. Uh, Number one dream team failure. We can keep it to the NBA or sports. Man, that is a great question. Eagles was big. Eagles was big. I I feel like the first dream team that really just collapsed was, but they made the finals. It's hard. Was that Malone, Peyton, Kobe, Shaq? No, that wasn't a collapse. The collapse was... The, the the absolute failure was the Nash Dwight Howard Kobe Lakers. Oh, experiment. yep, that's yeah. it. That's the one. That's the one. That's pretty terrible. Um, yeah, I think this is worse. This might be worse because these guys were like all in their prime. Yeah, there's right. no excuse. Yeah, they had no excuse. They had no. Excuse. They were all in COVID. Kobe uh, was their excuse. No, Kyrie. That wasn't even real. Ask Kyrie. Actually, you know what, Peyton? Let's play. Kyrie's that. a COVID denier. Kyrie wouldn't get, like, are you not familiar with Kyrie and his whole uh, not playing in games because of the COVID stuff? You forget all this? It's a joke, Chop. Don't overthink He's it. He's not a COVID denier. Chop, it was a joke. Hey. All right, I was like, wait a second. Bobby's, forgive Bobby's sense of humor. It's off a little bit. It's yeah. all in the toilet back there. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Bobby's it, disappearing for, like, seven minutes at a time. Yeah, this, this was last, Wednesday last year, too. It's just yeah. it was coming out of my uh, stomach Did last time. Did you puke? Time. No, no, no! I'm saying it's the reverse this year. Oh, so it's okay. uh, it's the whiskey trots, you know. So, so it's from right. it's from drinking, not like or the late night pizza. Uh, it's yeah, I mean, it could be. I see. I threw that pizza up though last night. So, oh, no. well, <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's that. Uh, this is Kyrie getting heckled a little bit on the sideline last night by a Nets fan. Kyrie, why don't play like this when you were on the Nets? Why, Kyrie? Oh, come on. Thank the mayor. Thank Mayor Adams for that. Wow. And that little kid. Yeah, Kai, why? Yeah, why aren't you here? <laughs> yeah, Kai, why? Blanket. Oh, my Blanket. gosh. <laughs> and, and Kyrie says, I thank Mayor Adams for I that. I am stunned. That is, that is, I mean, he look, he has no shame. He, he, he will say what he wants. Yeah, he, he, give him credit. He will say exactly what is on his mind. Well, he's he's blaming the yep. mayor for shutting down the city yep. and having like you can't even keep track of all the crap that no. happened there. Like you can't play for the Nets, you can play in other arenas, yep. all these different things, and then the Jewish movie. Yeah, yeah, that, that was yep. that, that, was, that was that was the end for him. That was the end. Now it's a, by the way, uh, Kyrie playing great, Luca playing great, awesome last night. We had the awesome highlight reel dunk from Kyrie that was assisted on. By one Josh Green, who again puts up 12 points last night. He has played really well lately. So over the last four games, uh, Josh Green averaging 17 and a half per game. He's shooting 57%. He's shooting 52% from three, averaging five rebounds, few assists. He's playing really, really well. If you're getting that version of Josh Green on top of what you're getting from Luka and Kyrie and you get Derek Lively back, it's like, okay, now you're working with something a little bit that you might be able to win a playoff series or, or do a little bit of something. I know everyone is talking about Dorian Finney-Smith as a trade target, but I just remember last night, Spencer Dinwiddie. On the Brooklyn Nets. He only had nine points. So I just wanted to go and look at his season. 
Now, look, I can't speak in depth to this because I'm not watching Brooklyn. He's having a horrible year, mm-hmm. like a fall-off-the-cliff year. He was at 16, 17 a game over the last three seasons. He's at 12, playing 30 minutes a night. He's playing five less minutes, but he's having a bad season. Mm-hmm. He's shooting 39%, so there's old Spencer Dimwitty. Yeah, and, and in the uh, if you wanted to do a Grant Williams versus Bobby Portis comparison from last night, I watched some of that game. Sadly, sitting in the hotel room watching the – because the Mavs were on TNT, Uh uh, so I was watching the uh, second half of the doubleheader for a little. Grant Williams had five points in 21 minutes. Five and 21. Bobby Portis had five points in 31 minutes. Oh, look. See, that's perfect. Throw in in, uh, Dame. You want to get that done, you better throw throw Dame in. in Bobby's defense. Uh, was No, Bobby uh, Bobby Portis. Oh. I need it. Only he and Giannis were in the plus on the plus minus. He was plus three, Giannis plus one. By That's the it. way, Doc Rivers, five games now with the Milwaukee Bucks. He said he wouldn't wish this on anybody, and now we see that's true. Uh, the Bucks are one and four under Doc Rivers. Wow. Uh, down 25 points at one point during the only win, uh, and he's coaching the East All-Stars. So. Did, did they make a mistake trading for Dame Lillard? I mean, look, not all great players are the right fit, right? I mean, we know that. But you still make the move. There's no way of knowing how the fit is going to work. You don't, you don't know um, how the fit with Kyrie and Luka is going to be. You didn't know how Kyrie and KD were going to play together. You, you, you make the move to get the best player, and if it works, and if it doesn't work, then, like, what are you going to do, right? I mean, we all looked at that trade, and it was like, all right, I mean, let's, you're getting Dame Lillard. You know, you want to go for it here. you got to keep Giannis. you got to do what you got to do. Meanwhile... The game of the night in the sports world was hooked up by R.J. Choppy. It was right here in Vegas, and the fellows were there to see it. Swooping in. Stevenson, a one-timer. A save on one end. A snipe on the other. Vegas shuts it down and stops it. They snap the Oilers' 16-game winning streak. The Knights win. 3-1. 3-1. What was it like there? Knights win, Knights win. It was a uh, it was a fun night. That's an awesome uh, arena. The setup is tremendous. I think, it, I think it's without question the best pregame um, like introductions in sports. I don't think there's anything better than it. Not even close. Um, you felt like there was a ton of like Vegas fans there. Oh, they, look, they got a great crowd. Now, my buddy Nick, who's uh, who I grew up with, and he's the season ticket holder out here. He said like the weekday games there, you can you'll see a lot more. Like other fans yeah. for whatever reason, the it's weekend. a destination. It is a destination, and and and, and any Vegas team I think is going to fall into that, right? If people are here, you're in town, you want to go see a Knights game. Um, now that that said, um, there were a ton of Edmonton fans. I have never seen a stadium more full um, of the visiting team than this one. And walking walking the streets yesterday, in this hotel, in the Mirage, in the Heritage, all the hotels were at. The amount of Edmonton jerseys or, or, or hoodies I saw was stunning. I was I thought I literally thought we were like in a college like college that the, the teams will the fans will come in on a Friday and they'll take over your area or strip because they always have they always bring like five or ten thousand fans. I have never seen anything like this. I think it was the most common jersey I saw yesterday on the street. Like like not easily, just hockey. I mean easily. like more than Chiefs. I think more than 49ers. Yeah. It was close. But, I mean, there was – I was seeing, like, packs of Oilers jerseys just walking the streets all afternoon. Now, some Tolas are asking me why I did not go. Um, well, I blame Bobby's nap. I blame Bobby's mm-hmm. fake nap for this. As yesterday – Why is it always my fault? Because it's always your fault. <laughs> yesterday after the show – ruined the morning show. So, it, no, actually this all started on the plane ride over here from Love Field. Bobby goes to sleep with his neck pillow – and Kristen confides in me because uh, Bobby brought his wife out here for the week. Uh, and I love Kristen. I got a soft spot for her. She always takes care of uh, my kids and the house parties. And she's always there lending a helping hand. She'll go out with Amanda once in a while for lunch. And she's really upset and sad that Bobby won't let her go to the team dinner buffet tonight because she loves buffets. Why won't you let her go? It's not that I won't let her go. I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna, it's uh, not that I won't let her I, go. I have a solution. I'm, I want to see if you're willing to consider a little bit later on, eight twenty. Okay. But I felt bad because she's gonna be. She, I just want to socialize with everyone. So she's telling me this on the airplane, mm-hmm. and I'm looking up all these restaurants, and she's kind of looking over my shoulder, like, "Yeah, wherever you go." And I'm like, "Well, 
you can't come with us yeah. because Bobby's not going to eat this food. You know, uh, we go to a pasta, yeah. Kristen's gluten-free. Uh, uh, I go to Tao, Bobby's not going to eat that type of food. I don't he, even know what Tao is. I, I, oh, I it's, it's, it's badass. To I've been to Tao, the nightclub. Is it the same thing? Yeah, well, nightclub's next to it. Oh, but okay. the restaurant feels like a nightclub. Oh, I got the, okay. I, I got the hookup there, too. But anyway, uh, I'm like, okay, you're not going to be able to come along with us. Then yesterday after the show, I'm walking upstairs. Kristen's down there by herself. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Oh, because I'd eaten breakfast or brought us. Right. She's like, Bobby wants to take a nap, so I'm just, I'm like, so you're down here inhaling all this cigarette smoke, just walking around down here by yourself. Secondhand smoke. So you're not going to come with us to the team dinner. Bobby is sitting here taking a nap, having you walk downstairs by yourself. I said, you know what? You should go to the game. You should go to the hockey game. Because last night, on top of it all, she was going to be by herself Mm -hmm. with Bobby at the game. Yeah, you don't want to leave her by herself with this crew. She, yeah. With which crew? Uh, this crew. Oh. Not G-Bag. I know that. Um, so I was like, you know what, Choppy, if you're cool with it, I appreciate the hookup. Let Kristen go to the game and enjoy a period and a half. Uh, so that's <laughs> just how it worked so, out. So that's what happened. That's how that worked out. Yes, which I when you had suggested, I told you I was very adamant. I said, no. I was like, she doesn't need to go. Don't worry about it. She's going to have fun. She'll be fine. She'll be uh And she texted me back. She texted me back. Thank you. I really didn't want to be by myself tonight. That's what your wife texted me as you roll your eyes, and I'm gonna and and I I'm I'm gonna get her to the buffet this evening as well. I, mean, that's I have not the solution. Happening. That is not happening because yeah. I uh, we're we're gonna go do other things. I, I what are you I gonna do? Yeah, what are you gonna do? Uh, I maybe I'll go. She's to, in uh, Vegas. The girl the, the girl has three kids. She gets out of the DFW yep. for twice in her life. When I let her. <laughs> you got to take her, man. You got to take her. It's a buffet. It's a hundred dollar golden corral, it's, it's, dude. But it's not a buffet. There's every. It's a great. We'll get into it at eight twenty. Yeah. I'm worried about it. I I might have Bobby's Listen, side on we, this. We can leave. We can go somewhere else. Uh, 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 me and you should go to the Italian place. There, there's this a famous Italian place. Go, or I mean, we can go to Tao. Go to Tao. I, I, I'm in. I can get I'm us in. in Tao. There, there is a pattern here of just things in general since I've joined the show that you think I have a bad take on, and slowly over time you come to my side. I am. I'm very convincing over time. <laughs> All right. So that was the uh, the game last night. The Dallas Stars were also in action. Plays it to the middle of the ice, and the Stars on the counter with a shot. And Lukanen's got it, rebound, squirts in behind him. Stars take a 2-1 lead. This was about Jake Ottinger getting it done. He stole the show, uh, and the Stars get two points and a 2-1 win over Buffalo. A regular season career high for Otter with 47 mm. saves. So many high-quality chances by Buffalo, and Ottinger Spits shut it down. Dude, he's so good, man. And, you know, they did a really nice job of, uh, of, of, of staying, uh, staying above, you know, keeping their head above water when he was out. They did a really nice job of that. But, you know, when you have him in net, there are very few goaltenders now that can kind of, like, take over a game. The, 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 the position has just changed from the – you know, Brodor, Hasek, Wah days. It's just a little bit different. Um, but he's that one that can still kind of, like, take over a game. And and it, it's really cool to see when he puts up dang near 50 stops. Super Bowl notes out here. What do you all make of the Andy Reid retirement stuff? Florio tried to tell us what was happening. Andy Reid says no. Uh, Clark Hunt says, I'm looking forward to Andy Reid coaching for years. And Andy Reid said, today is not the day to talk about that. It sounds like he's going to keep coaching. I don't know. I think he's going to keep coaching. It sounds like it. I think he's got a year. I, I think he's got one more year. And like I said, I think next year is the year. When we talk about the offseason coaching changes that could potentially come up, that next year is the one. Because that one, I think you've got Andy Reid one more year. You keep hearing this chatter about McVay and Tomlin. Like, there could be so many, like, big jobs coming open. But I, I don't know that it, it, it doesn't feel like there's enough smoke around it right now to happen. But it does, it does seem like it's at least within, like, it's within sight. The finish line is within sight for Andy Reid. And, like, you know, we mentioned it earlier this week when talking about Pat Mahomes Sr. That, like, I mean... Andy Reid, like he, he's been through a lot of really difficult family stuff in the last couple of years yeah. that I'm sure has taken its toll. So I'm sure it's getting close to a point where it's like, hey, I'm ready to rest now. Do you imagine Andy retires? They go get Bill, and then Bill goes from Brady to Mahomes. Wow, boy, he would ruin Mahomes. Ruin, <laughs> ruin Mahomes. <laughs> That's right. All right, we think this next interview has 
everything. We got a former NFL GM. We got a numbers nerd. I tried to pick a fight with the numbers nerd. Uh, we're going to figure out um, what the Cowboys are losing in Dan Quinn. What could they be getting in Mike Zimmer? And how much actual football should Jerry and Stephen Jones actually know? Former Falcons GM. We loved him and his team last year, and it's happening again in the A number one air hot seat. Thomas Dimitrov and some analytics fights coming at you during the expressway next. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, sitting down with us. They were so good last year, we had to bring them back. It is former NFL GM Thomas Dimitrov and Eric Eager from Sumer Sports. They work in the world of analytics, so R.J. Choppy starts blushing, and he's also blushing. All excited because Thomas Dimitrov sits down. I, I didn't know which. I didn't know it was going to be a compliment or insult. Choppy, how did you take it? Oh, that's a compliment. Okay, that's a compliment. Yeah, it's a yeah, compliment. What'd you say to him? Well, I, look, I just said, look, you look like you've been doing some lat work or whatever it was—a bench. I didn't know if he could bench <laughs> off with Jay Glazer, but we know how important it is to maintain age, right? It's no yes. longer just get on a treadmill. You got to lift. Got to. You got to. You gotta, if you don't move, if you don't use it, yeah. you lose it, right? Yes. You right. got to move. You got to move right. around. That's Before right. we dive into all the numbers and stuff, I, I, I want to pick your brain about a couple of league topics. Dan Quinn, our former defensive coordinator, goes to D.C. How do you think that fit is, and uh, and how do you think Dan Quinn will do? Really excited for Dan because I think Dan is going to pair with Adam Peters, who's a first-time general manager. Usually a first-time general manager is a little sketchy about coming in there with a really experienced coach because they're wondering, you know, it's, it's, it's Adam Peters' first time to be in charge of everything, right? He's paired with the perfect person. He, he has experience, not only as a you know, really good coordinator, but as a head coach. And Dan Quinn loves personnel. So that's music to the ears. And, and, and he loves personnel, but not in a way that he's going to be muscling people. Dan's not that. I just think it's going to be a good mix. We want Mike Zimmer to replace Dan Quinn. Choppy wants to go with the youth movement. What are your thoughts on who should replace the very nice job that DQ did with the Cowboys? Well, who is the youth movement? Who are you thinking? It's a great question. I don't know. Okay. I, he doesn't care. He's an ageist. I don't, I, don't, I don't offer solutions. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I, I, don't, I don't offer solutions. I, 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 I think what would, what would the youth movement be at this point? Add and Dirty, probably, who, oh, who was yeah. in Atlanta and, sure. and is somebody really well thought of by the players here in Dallas. That's a good point. Is Adam ready? I mean, Matt or Dan Quinn raves about him. That's why he had him there, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, he is a guy to consider. I mean, Zim's going to come in there, and he's going to, you know, he's going to have that old school side of him. Is that what that defense needs? I don't know. You have a you have a linebacker there. What is, is you guys call him a linebacker? I know he's no. been in it three years no. and he's seen it all. I think that's what I heard. I don't know. Right. What happens? I mean, when you bring in an old school guy, uh, really right. smart, right? How do they respond? How does that group respond? And then your former team, the Atlanta Falcons, were the most tied to Belichick. Why didn't the Atlanta Falcons hire Bill Belichick? And why are Bill Belichick and Mike Vrabel not coaching? 
uh, blown away by that, first of all, uh, even in the league, whether I had 90-10 on my board every day of the, the run towards Bill potentially going to Atlanta. I'm like, he's going to Atlanta. He and, he and Arthur, I know both of them well. I thought they could both pair well together, you know, and, I, and yet you guys know who Rich McKay is, right? Yeah. So Rich is there, but, but Rich was ready to, and, and Arthur said, like, Rich is moving up to see a CEO of AMBSE, which is sports and entertainment. He was not going to be involved in it. But there still was going to be an internal office there in called the way it is, right? There's a survival mode in this league to make sure that things go the way it is. Bill's going to come in and all rights, whether you, whether you like his style or not, he deserves as a Hall of Fame number one coach in the league to have full control. And full control. Full control. Now, but his draft record in New right. England recently doesn't show that. Well, full control is let's bring in the right people around me to make sure. And I think Bill understood that. I, I mean, I don't know that, but I believe at this point at 72, Bill's going to come in and say, I want A, B, and C in my building. I want my directors. I don't know if that meant bringing back Scott Pioli, John Robinson. There's a lot of us who, are, who had been in that organization with Bill in New England who have gone on to do really good things. Some guys, Jason Light's still at Tampa. So maybe he wanted that. But remember... Bill's going to have that say, so I think that's important. Uh, Thomas Dimitrov, Eric Eager joining us here on 105.3 The Fan. Did you all buy the report that Mike Vrabel's too physically intimidating? <laughs> to be- <laughs> I think I could take this as a part of Sumer as, as a fellow big. Uh, other, than, other than in an airplane, there's no disadvantage to being tall. <laughs> that's, that's fair. That's fair. Like, I, I don't buy it at all. I mean, don't I, Thomas, I mean, you Vrabel, Vrabel has been a great coach in this league. Took a 2021. Wait a minute, great? I'm semantically responsible. I keep telling you that. Great? If you take Ryan Tannehill to the AFC Championship game, I'm going to give a superlative to you. Maybe not great, but 2021 they had the one seed in the AFC with they played the most players in the NFL due to injuries and COVID. I think the the issue is coming down to a lot of, and this has been the theme in the NFL offseason, is how well do you work with others? Right, John Robinson. You know that that was a, a fractured relationship. Ended up being a divorce there. Uh, Rand Carthon comes in. You know, reports are that that one didn't work out either. When you have two, you know, one and a half years where you've been the the, you know, the grand poobah somewhere, and the wins haven't been there, people are going to start questioning. And that. this is my point about great. Very quickly, if you are great, you can weather that storm. If you're very good or good, I mean, that's. I think he's still developing. I'm blown away. He's not doesn't have a job. I th- you know, this guy is a very good football coach, but he's got a, a power element to him. And if you're a general manager and that's not what you're looking for, if you're, or if your ownership is not looking for it, to your point, yeah. it's, cu- it's Can tough. you be that hard ass with these players today? Like, again, we want Mike Zimmer. Can you do that? Or is Micah Parsons and others going to be asking out of town requests? I, I personally think, and I can throw it over to you, I believe you can be that way. But you have to be understanding and do the proper patent on the back, and you have to you have to – you have to be empathic to an extent. I, in think, my mind. I think you need balance. I mean, I think Mike Zimmer's biggest failure in Minnesota was, you know, you see it now with, with Kevin O'Connell, the way he treats Kirk Cousins. Kevin O'Connell makes Kirk Cousins feel like the franchise quarterback. Yeah. Mike Zimmer, I, I felt like the last four years in Minnesota was trying to prove to everybody that Kirk Cousins was a bad decision. Yeah. When you're at defensive coordinator, you're not responsible for those things. You can just cook up a defense, yep. which we know he's brilliant at. You need balance in that room. You need the one guy that's you know, just like in life. You need the one parent that's going to be the parent that you know consoles. You need the one parent who's disciplinary. And I think on a staff, you kind of need that. You can't have all hard asses. You can't have all people who are uh, you know players, coaches, for lack of a better term. What was y'all shock level that Jerry brought back McCarthy? I was I was probably a little bit shocked. Yeah, I thought that maybe there was. I always thought that Dan was going to potentially yeah. be that guy. Yeah. Were you, did you guys yes. think that was yes. that? Yeah. Okay. Until but, the end. Now okay. people want Dan Quinn out of town. Dan yeah. Quinn was the king, and then second half of the season can't stop the run. Uh, Green Bay torched him, destroyed him. Why are you playing zone, off yeah. coverage, all those things? And now people are ready for Dan Quinn to get run out of town. Yeah. I think also the fact that McCarthy. You know, a lot of times with these great coach, you know, these coaches that have won before, right. you know, Andy Reid and all that, like Belichick, right? Belichick didn't leave New England because he's a bad coach. Bill Belichick left New England because it was no longer tenable there. You know, and I think for McCarthy, you win 12 games three straight years, you don't get to the conference championship. It's not because you're a bad coach. It's because it's no longer working there. I always thought part of the reason why, you know, McCarthy could leave is because he would have another option. And that could have been, you know, his hometown of Pittsburgh one day if Tomlin ever leaves, something like that. 
We're talking with Eric Eager and Thomas Dimitrov here on 105.3 Fan. Okay, Eric, so I got the uh, the analytics question for you because we, we have this debate all the time about analytics, and it's something that, you know, we it feels like we're in our money ball era for the NFL a little bit where there's still yeah. the old guard digging in and, and, and wanting things a certain way and, and, and eye test stuff. One of the ones that I've found seems to be a dividing line right now is there's a lot of folks in the analytics community who would say Justin Herbert is a better quarterback than Joe Burrow. And it seems that there's a lot of people who approach and say, no, like just if you watch and you watch results, Burrow's clearly better. There's not even discussion. They're not on the same tier. How do you approach that question specifically, just Herbert versus Burrow? I'm curious what you, how you, you view them as quarterbacks and how they're tiered and how you reconcile trying to be able to – tie analytics to say hey look this this is a better indicator rather than just the results on the surface that you see yeah because the results would would paint a better picture for burrow than herbert especially if you look at team results and i do believe that quarterbacks bear i do believe that you have to look at whether or not your team wins when you evaluate a quarterback because um you know analytics can't explain everything and so there there are missing you know whether or not a team wins there are missing explanations that i think a quarterback has some you know, responsibility over. And so I think Burrow deserves some plaudits there. Now, one of the reasons why I believe that Herbert is deserves at least a discussion to be uh, better than Burrow is what happens when they're hurt. You know, Justin Herbert played an entire season with broken ribs and was able to win 10 games, was able to keep that offense afloat because of his sheer physical ability, the fact that he's a big, strong, fast kid, that he's getting hit all the time. Every time Joe Burrow has been nicked up and hurt, that Bengals offense, I mean, he set a record in the month of September for the lowest yards per pass attempt when he had a hurt calf. And that's why guys like Thomas will tell you, like, if I had an opportunity to pick a big, strong, fast quarterback and a quarterback who's maybe like a little bit more of a middling guy from a physicality standpoint, I'm always going to take the big, fast, strong guy, all things, all things equal, because there are those intangible elements to it. So I think even though the statistics aren't there, you know, if you, after you adjust for context, I think I think Herbert does end up being uh, at least you know sort of on par with Burrow, even though the results so far haven't indicated that. What was y'all's reaction to J.J. Watt destroying some of the analytics? George Kittle <laughs> talking about momentum not being factored in. We'll get into the whole Lions scenario. What was your reaction to to those comments? I just I think it's short sighted, and I respect the players in this league, and I think. It's not that complicated. Take the data, supplement or augment your abilities. If you're a kick-ass football person, why would you not fold in the analytics to help you become that much better? I'm a believer it makes, in our situation, it makes a good GM very good. It makes a very good, potentially a Hall of Famer. And I would say the same for a head coach. Why in the world would you not look at it? In the end, it's up to you to make that decision, Dan Campbell, do we kick this or not? Why has momentum not been able to be figured out, or has it been? And we just don't. I don't well, really know I think it. I think that there are just so few games, and and also it's just like we don't define it well, right? right. It, it's sort of it, it's it's it gets in this religious realm. It's like how you define this. It's like well, you know, it means different things to different people. Momentum means you know, momentum for the Lions could have meant like well, you know, you came out of the half slow. Because did the Niners just like actually did they adapt their scheme in the second half and run all over you, or did you come out of the half a little down because you give up? Like I think momentum is just poorly defined, and so from a math standpoint, if you don't have a good definition of something, you can't actually prove it exists. And so I think that that's mostly the issue. I think most people who played sports before know that there's an element of like the hot hand, for example. For years, people said the hot hand didn't exist. And if you redefine the question, there is a little bit of evidence for the hot hand. And anybody that shot baskets before in basketball knows that like once you actually sort of get the groove going, you're better off than if you go in cold. And so, you know, it just amounts to defining it properly. And and I, I think it's overused, but I, I do obviously believe it exists because there, there needs to be uh, it just needs to be properly defined. I want to ask you a GM question. I've been dying to know. This came up. This comes up all the yeah. time on our show. It came up recently with Jerry and Steven, and Steven maybe not knowing a player in the draft in uh, maybe doing a deal with Detroit. Talking actual, like, X's and O's. I, I can't do that. Me and Choppy don't do that. You know, there's zone blitz and who's going where and left and right. You know, does every general manager know all of that verbiage? Or is it, okay, the scout brings me the player, I make the numbers work. What, how far does the football knowledge X and X's and O's wise go with a GM? 
I think in today's world, it's imperative that your relationship with your head coach is very sound. So those moments that I'm able to bring in Dan Quinn into my office and ask him questions about his scheme, uh, specifically the type of player we need in that sort of a scheme is very, very important. We dissuade all of our personnel people from digging too deep into the scheme. That gets that when when you have a, an ex coach who comes in and learns to try to scout, and he's sitting there popping off talking about this scheme and that scheme, we we pull our hair out as as evaluators, right? We're like, pay attention to the player, the nuance of the player, the athleticism, the movement, blah blah blah, all of that. So we keep it in perspective. You need to know generally what your team is playing, not that you need to spend eighty hours on your your playbook. You just need to be conversant with your head coach as a GM. That's very, very important. Well, that's that's in every collaborative setting, right? Like you, you don't know what the ADA is on my algorithm, but you know what my algorithm <laughs> is doing. And I don't know kind of what you're looking for in a cornerback turning his hips, but I know that you're looking for him turning his hips, right? Like that's sort of every collaborative setting. Well, when you're watching a game yourself, are you saying in every play, okay, they're in cover one. Okay, they're did it out. The, 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 no. You're no, not. we're not. We're not. We are. We are. As over, a GM, when you're watching a football yeah. game, or when you did yeah. with the Falcons, yeah, I'm watching. I am watching the players. I am not watching scheme. I'll fold in scheme as we're going and saying, okay, he's doing this. Yeah. I see where where they are, and he's got responsibility here. But, but you know all that. Yeah, you know it. You, and every yes. like Jerry Jones. Do you think him and Stephen Jones know all that? I I can't comment on that. But there are some that aren't football people necessarily, and they have business. You know. Look, you can look at Howie Roseman. Howie Roseman has done a great job in Philly. You guys probably don't want to talk about Philly, but he has. <laughs> oh, because... we will right now. They're crumbled. Crumbled. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's exactly right. No, I get that. <laughs> Not that we could talk that yeah. much. But you know what I mean. He's learned. He's a he's a learned guy. Just like Mickey Loomis is down in New Orleans. He was a business guy. Howie comes in as a legal guy, and they grow to learn more about football. So that's you have to know enough. Um, I think if you're in that role and you're not, you don't have a background of football. I think it's Thomas Dimitrov, Eric Eager from Sumer Sports. So. I'm going to fight with you here. Oh, okay. I think <laughs> Choppy has gotten me in years past to abandon the running back, <laughs> the linebacker, safety, D-tackle. I'm still there, running back, I don't care. But the Dallas Cowboys have a problem with all these other things. Toughness, he rolls his eyes. Run defense, he says doesn't matter. Don't ever draft a linebacker unless they're going to rush a passer. If Michael Parsons was a linebacker, hell no, go get someone else. So I'm going old school, if you want to call it that. Toughness, I gotta... run defense. How, how, how's your heart rate? <laughs> no, and I tell mean... me why that's right or wrong. <clears throat> so how many rushing yards did the Niners give up the last two weeks? Kind of quite a few, right? Yeah. Yes. And the Chiefs are, I think the Chiefs are like, it depends upon what metric, but they're bottom half of the league comfortably in rushing yards allowed, right? And second in points allowed. I don't think they've allowed more than 28 all year. Like I, so I get what you're saying. Yeah. I, I, like, and by the way, I'll push back and like, what, this is one cool thing that analytics has done. Which, but what? How did Detroit get a lot of that lead in the first half against San Fran in a game that they arguably should have won? They ran the football down their throat. Mm-hmm. And San, right? Yeah, exactly. I, and San I, Fran couldn't stop it. But when the but so what openings do you have at Sumer Sports for me? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. But the run the, the issue with the run game. So I'm going to turn this back to Kansas City because it's sort of the, the 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 cool narrative in this game. Kansas City is a middle of the pack team in the NFL mm-hmm. in allowing first downs to turn into other first downs. Meaning they're they're not that good at at producing three and outs. They don't like turn. They're not like hey it's second and nine because they stuff the run. They're really good though at. Because the run game is, and you guys know this because of Pollard, it's four, four, four. It doesn't. That's not how it works. It's seven, which pisses everybody off. It's three, two, and then all you need as a defense is to go two, two, and then now you're in third and eight, and now you're the sports book, and they're the better out there, you know, about to pay minus one ten, and and that's how you play defense in the NFL, and it and it's it doesn't feel good, right? It feels soft, but that's how you sort of win in the NFL. Now the the hard part is there are levels to this, and you know, we've seen in analytics over the past few years, the one reason that, that scoring is down in the NFL is last year NFL teams on offense were really, really good at running against light boxes. This year against six- and seven-man boxes, NFL teams have decreased yards per carry by like half a yard. Teams are learning to draft the Jordan Davises. They're learning to draft the Travis Joneses of Baltimore uh, out of UConn in that same draft. And they're able to be sturdy with lighter box. They're not, they don't have to pull the safety down to actually stop the run. So I think you're right in, this, in the sense of 
to play modern defense, you do need to play coverage. But you do need to have a sturdy run-defending defensive lineman do that. And so I would say defensive tackle is out of that list of, like, linebacker safety, running back, tight end of non-premium positions. Defensive tackle is a premium position. It's why in the marketplace you saw a ton of Javon Hargrave's deal, Dexter Lawrence's deal, all those deals that are now rivaling edge because defenses, you need to be able to two-gap and and rush the passer from that position because you don't have that third safety in the box coming up and play – or third – yeah, that safety in the box coming up and playing the... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Where is, because I mean, we hear a lot about what analytics can do for team building and roster building. What is the greatest limitation analytics has right now, present day analytics, in terms of roster building? In my opinion, it's, it's injury prediction. Like, I think if you, huh. if you can really do, it's just so, the data availability is tough. Um, it's, it's and, and, and it kills these teams. And, and if you look at my world before then was in sports betting. All the really sharp sports bettors are ones that can incorporate injury information the fastest. That's how you win now. Um, and and in the and Thomas could probably expound expound more quickly. Well, I love the injury side, but I'm a big believer. Like, how are we ever going to tap into that that passion? You know, the stuff that we know is so important to put together a team. We're working on some of those algorithms yeah. where maybe it's three and four levels away from it, but maybe it ties into passion and and efforts uh, that we can't norm we can normally measure, of course. All right, wanted to get you guys your, your takes on, on, on what happened in that San Fran-Detroit game with the second half, the going forward on fourth downs. What did you all think about that? And did you have, and was the one before halftime arguably the most egregious or, or the least? So the one before halftime is the most defensible, but I will say, as somebody who's in analytics and wants to talk about momentum, I actually would have gone for it for that reason because if you're up 21, I think 21 is a way more insurmountable lead than 17. And I would have, so if you're going in at 21, that is one where you can legitimately start to plan about like this, the number of runs you have, the clock, everything like that. If you're up 14 and they're getting the ball to start the half, you're in there and you're like, guys, we could lose. Like this is a, a legitimate thing. 17 to me feels like a, a lead that's safe enough to, to let off the gas pedal, but evidently not safe enough, right? right? And so that's why I didn't like it. I think the math was, the math was kind of, a coin flip on that one but to me that's why I would have went for it because I think the actual upside of missing it is you make sure that everybody goes into the half knowing like this is a real football game I know you've played the game of your life so far but you're not out of the woods yet whereas I think at 17 you're like you're like oh yeah we're still in a you know it's still three scores when in reality it's like a kind of a Mickey Mouse three scores I think who, who are the best and worst teams or organizations this year at incorporating all this stuff that y'all believe in um or just if you want to talk about who's the best and worst overall in the league right now. Well, the, the Lions, the Lions added 1.04 wins on just in-game decisions, so timeouts. The other one was kickoff rule, right? Now that they give you the chance to fair catch kickoffs, you should kick the ball through the end zone fair catch kicks for a couple reasons, right? One of them is injuries. Every time you run a kickoff out of the end zone, every time you kick it short, you're going to kill your depth incrementally every time there's an injury or two so in the nfl you should just kick the ball through the end zone and fair catch every kickoff because you want your depth pieces the guys that thomas puts on the roster you want them healthy for all 17 games and then there's timeout avoidance delay games you know sean mcveigh the reason they lost that game by one is when detroit had the ball at the end he was powerless to stop the clock dan campbell this year added over a win 
to the Detroit Lions by by manipulating. And I know people don't want to hear that now after that San Francisco game, but he added over a win to Detroit's ledger by those decision makers. Thomas, we'll finish up with this. Thomas and Dimitrov, Eric Eager, Dimitrov, former NFL GM from Sumer Sports. Your experiences with having a quote-unquote lame duck coach and what that does to the locker room, if it does anything, and hiring an assistant here to replace Dan Quinn. I tell Mike Zimmer, I tell Ron Rivera, yeah, we're all, we might be on shaky ground here with Mike McCarthy with everyone thinking he's a lame duck. Your experience in the league with that status? It's complicated. Uh, if you throw it's down, definitely a factor. Yeah, it's a factor. If you throw down enough money, you get the guys in, and you realize that somehow you have to game plan and work through that. And it comes down to your, your lame duck coach, so to speak, and how he's going to navigate through it, meaning where his personality, where his uh, energy is. That's a really important thing. If a team sees that, it's, you know, if they see the dragging of the dauber and the, the bad interaction between certain coaches because a head coach sometimes that's in that spot, they're going to have an acute eye towards some of the people in the building. Like, ah, that guy's been next to the owner a little bit too much, right? You get this ultimate paranoia that mm-hmm. sets in. That's a bad thing, of course, because the, the team feels it and everyone's looking at the coach thinking he's worried, he's edgy. And that can happen. I've been around it before with Mike Smith, who's a hell of a coach. I mean, Mike Smith, three-time coach of the year in five years, but that last year was complicated, right? You're always looking, as a GM, you're looking at it very closely to try to try to mitigate, and it's not easy to do. Where can we go and find more of y'all's info? Sumersports.com. We have a big game breakdown, 41 pages with all the statistics, all the uh, uh, prop bets you could ever want. So Sumersports.com, big game preview uh, on our website. Fellas, thank you so much. Fascinating yet again. And we appreciate you joining us on the Home of the Cowboys. Every year. Let's do it. Have us here. Thank you, Jeff. How do you think RJ will look next year? Uh, he might <laughs> uh, no, he might cut up a little bit. But <laughs> I, I, I need to. Trust me. <laughs> trust me. Holy cow. <laughs> thank you, fellas. <laughs> and there are our guests that we love every year in the A number one air hot seat. I think Dimitrov's so good. I, I mean, I think Eric yeah. Eager's really good at, like, you know, willing to take criticism and questions about everything, but and how Dimitri- I schooled him, how I schooled hey, him on, yeah. with the run game. I, I mean, they're going to have to name it Sharif Sports uh, because you own them, <laughs> is what it is. <laughs> Expressway is commercial free every morning at this time. If you're new to the show, new to the station, it's also a hump day. Hump day. So let's chop it up. All right, here we go, fellas. Let's have a little fun today. Let's go to the state of Florida, shall we? Very good place. Very good. I was just uh, there. Huh? Yeah. I was just there. It was okay. great. Okay. Uh, so, best barbecue, according to you. <laughs> How do you punish your child when they do something wrong? Uh, and is public punishments a good idea? This is a Florida dad. And uh, he's. Is they? Is they a good idea? Yes. He sparked a little bit of fury with the way he punished his son. Now, he figured out and discovered that his son had been bullying other kids at school. I this, love this story. Now, this kid looks to be... Not for the bullying part. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that sounded weird out of context. Uh, he's, 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 he's pre-puberty. He's not, you know, he's not 13 or 14. He looks like anywhere between, like, I don't, I'd say 9 and nine and 11, 9 and 12. Now, the unnamed parent has been branded a bully himself after his choice of punishment went viral on social media. So what did he do? He had his son stand on the side of the road... Uh, at a major intersection, holding up a sign that says, I'm a bully, honk if you hate bullies. Oh. And oh. there are his parents. Why am I just envisioning Wolchuk in his underwear? <laughs> <laughs> in flower mouth? Didn't he have yep. to do that? Yep. Yeah, the punishment? Speedo, yeah. yeah. I think that, I, I, I listen, I, you may have been beyond something there. Um, so the, his parents could be seen sitting in... You know those like those those fold out chairs that you would bring to a, uh, a youth baseball game yeah. or a soccer game that you get stolen. Yeah, yeah that I got stolen. Yep, yeah, haven't replaced it yet. Now some think the mom and dad are teaching the boys a great the boy a great lesson. Others say the dad is that publicly embarrassing your child is not the way to fix the problem, and he himself is a bully. And commenters saying that's how you destroy your son by emasculating him in public. Mm-hmm. Um, you know who did he bully? Did he bully uh, a special needs child, or did Whatever. he bully just another kid? You I know, like, I, does that play? I, into I, the I don't need to hear any more opinions from anyone else. We got people here with children, and, yeah, and with a son who needs to be disciplined pretty regularly. <laughs> um, this is so. I, I feel I go. I really go back and forth on this. 
where it's like there are times where I think like, look, it, it's got to be a punishment that they, they, they got to feel it a little bit yeah. to understand like, hey, you need to correct this. You don't want these consequences. Yeah. And, and a lot of times at that age, the the just the public shame or the or whatever else, the social shame is enough of a consequence that that's bigger than taking away a phone or doing something else. Yeah. But also at the the same time, I do sit there and think about like how much are you potentially messing up their head or, or messing things up so much for them socially that it becomes like a a longer than in that moment. Like 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 will that punishment for that kid last past that street corner? Is he going to be hearing about this a year from now in school? And it, it's got a a do, the, do do the consequences match the actions? That's the only thing that I go back and forth on. The only problem with this punishment is the only possible problem. Because I love everything about it. Love it. Props to this father. The only possible problem is it went viral. Yeah, th- that's th- this, the this on- photo's forever now. That's the only... But, but now, like, people who don't know him, referencing it, yeah. saying something about it, yelling. If you're just standing out there and you're getting honked at, I'm sorry. That shouldn't scar you for life and create a complex. Because you had to get embarrassed standing out on a random street corner, especially if it's in a larger town where no one's going to know who you are, mm-hmm. and you just get a honk. I think it's like the perfect balance. Maybe in a town with 500 people, it's a lot more embarrassing. The, the, the fact that this went viral and everyone yeah. in the town is going to know about it and reference it, that's my only issue, but I love, I love what the dad did. Pre-camera phone, this is a great punishment. Yep. Post-camera phone, I don't know as much. But how did this even get out, though? Someone the took dead... a photo. Oh, someone, someone at the stop sign or stop light yeah. took a photo of it and posted it on social media. Yeah. Um, well, you can post it, but, like, how do we get the whole story in the background and this and that? I don't know. Look, man, um, I am I am petrified of, like, the bullying that is eventually going to be an issue in my kids' lives. Yeah. Getting like... them to tell me what's happening, how do I monitor what, you know, is it going to be a brawl with the other parents? Uh, have you had to deal? Give, give, give me your, oh, yeah. give me so your like, you know, dealings. If you were to use me in the construct of today's world, I you would probably say I bullied kids as a kid. We made fun of everybody. Yep, same. We brutally made fun of kids. Yes. Everybody. Yes. And they, we were made fun of, too. Yep. I don't believe words are violence. That, that's my I don't believe like that. But I know that is the common, and that is what's accepted now. Yeah. And you've got to live by the societal standards that you reside in. So whether my personal beliefs are that or not, I have to adhere to those. I think, kid, I, I think people would say amongst all the shows on the station, and maybe maybe in the city, we go at each other the most. Yeah. I, I, so. I don't even know if it's really close. Probably G-Bag, but, like, that's... My like it's that's a form of communication. Sure, is talking s to you. Yeah, it's just being relentless and just talking smack. Mm-hmm. Bobby obviously never stops. Never stops. I, and, I'm, and, I'm, and we're cool with it. We're, we can take it. Yeah, and, uh, that's kind of like, the way we grew you know, up. But, but I know it is. But I think kids today just don't do like that. And I've I found this. Like I talk nonstop smack to my son. He's 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 three. Look, look the, the, I talk smack to my wife. The people I truly dislike, there will I I will not troll them or or do anything that the, the people that i really dislike i'm just going to freeze like i don't i don't want to have that rapport with them where i yeah. feel like oh hey we're just busting balls we're having fun yeah. here i think you know when you know i, I know it's like in in schools today like and i think this is pretty true the kids who bully generally are bullied at home mm. like they've got a pops who's just really really brash and you know we'll we'll or an older brother you know, like my younger one is much more likely to be a bully, and he when I hear when I hear him on like the headset on on uh, video games, he's ruthless with, the, with these kids. Really ruthless. <laughs> my older one doesn't do any of that, but he kind of like, you know, the younger one I felt I feel like is is the one that learns from the older one, yeah. and then they're kind of like reacting to everybody else. And I know my older one gets like kind of made fun of at school by kids who have older brothers. Did you guys have instances of your kids getting bullied, and what did you do about it? The girls? Uh, no, the girls haven't had that problem. So Addis in the middle one, she's she can be very sensitive at times. So she come sometimes will feel like, oh, somebody's icing me out of here, and it's like, no, they're just naturally yeah. talking to somebody else. So she feels that sometimes we have to because like, that has to suck to deal with. Yeah, we have to adjust yeah. expectations for Jacob. Is like. He's he has not been a bully that I've I've been able to tell, and he has not been bullied. The the thing that I think we found is he has at times throughout his uh, school years 
uh, been friends with the bullies and then is like the little, uh, like, you remember a Christmas story? He's toady. Like, just jumping in with Scott Farkas. Like, mm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so uh, we've had to, we had to correct a little bit of that in middle school. But uh, up into high school, I don't think that's been a problem. All right. So there it is. A little quick. Uh, so I'm fine with it. I'm fine with the parent. I don't want the kid to get tortured for like a month or two afterwards from this going viral. But otherwise, yeah, man. That's Lear- the thing. You learn, you learn your lesson. He didn't hit him. Uh, people that are driving by probably don't know who they are. And there you go. That's the only thing is that when it goes viral or if it if it lingers past that street corner as a punishment, that's the only thing where I go, okay, does the punishment yeah. fit the crime now? If you're getting, like, taunted for this three months down the road, you go, okay, I, I punished him too hard because this doesn't match. And I don't know, what was he bullying? To what extent was he bullying these kids? Was he being ruthless? Yeah. Or was it, like, something that was just kind of he was mean to somebody once? All right, this is the Expressway commercial free every day, and it's a hump day. Hump. Live at the Super Bowl for Radio Row in Vegas. Brought to you by the Low T Center and Best Buy Window and Siding. Let's go in the time machine and redo some Cowboy and Kyrie decisions. How should they have done it and how did it ultimately play out? Cowboys and Kyrie in the time machine. We go back to the future next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.